This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. faithful even when I am not thank you thank you Lord for being faithful happy Sabbath everybody good afternoon neighbor we thank God that ours is the privilege of coming together to worship a God who is worthy of all our worship. I affirm and declare again that all the other gods of the nations are idols, but our God made the heavens and the earth. But our God does not demand worship, but he deserves worship. So let me assure every worshiper that God is here. Amen. And wherever God is, blessings are in store. Welcome to our Connection Sabbath. One of the goals of the leadership of this church is for everyone who enters through our doors. Those who are seeking genuine community will find it right here. It is for that reason that we have dedicated the first Sabbath of every month as Connection Sabbath. It is our objective that, particularly on that Sabbath, we will get connected to each other, get connected to life group if not done so before. You see, we don't want folks to just attend our worship services and then head on out the door into their cars. We want you to find and make meaningful connections. Amen? Amen? Ideally, every time we come together, every Sabbath should be connection Sabbath. Amen? Every time we come together should be a time for us to connect with God and others. We believe. We believe as a leadership team that we are better together. We're better together in loving God. Better together as we love each other. We are better together in serving others as we make disciples for the kingdom of God. You see, neighbor, we believe that when we truly love God and each other, then and only then, we will be ready to go and make disciples for the kingdom. Then and only then, we will be able to point others to Jesus. Let me begin with a question. Have you ever felt left out? Were you the kid back in kindergarten that was either skipped over or chosen last when they were choosing sides for the various games at recess? Were you that child? 
or that you're only chosen to be part of a team as a last resort of sorts, you know, because they had to have equal sides. It is never a pleasant feeling to be left out. The truth is we all want to be included. There is something, neighbor, within us as human beings that yearns for belonging. There is something within us as human beings that yearns for acceptance in our varied social circles. You know, neighbor, the biblical fact is that we were made for community. The biblical fact is, neighbor, is that you need me and I need you. And that we thrive best in those communities where we find acceptance. We thrive best in those third places. You know, the third place is that place you don't have to be, but you choose to be. You, 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 you thrive in those third places when you are accepted. Today, as we turn our attention to the Word of God, we'll do so with the caption for all nations, for all nations. You see, neighbor, time and time again, the Bible presents God as inclusive. The Bible presents God as one who is seeking to save all regardless of their culture, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their race, regardless of their creed, hashtag inclusive God. God is inclusive. And here is the gospel. If you and I say that we are children of God, then we have to be inclusive. We turn our attention to our focus passage for today. The Gospel prophet Isaiah 56, verses 7 and 8, the New King James Version's rendition of Scripture reads, Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Verse 8, the Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. This is the word of God, and I believe it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the obvious, presence of your Holy Spirit in the service. As we continue in worship with the study of your word, we pray that you will remove every distraction. You will arrest our attention. You'll speak to our hearts and our heads, that you will speak to me and through me in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. 
For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. Now, neighbor, before we give attention to these verses, let us consider the preceding verses, verse 1 through the verse 6. And when we do so, we'll look at them in blocks of two. In blocks of two. The first block, verses 1 and 2. The second block, verses 3 and 4. And the third block, verses 5 and 6. The first block, verses 1 and 2. The second block, verses 3 and 4. And the third block, verses 5 and 6. In the first block, the Bible says, verses 1 and 2, Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do what? Righteousness, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man, verse 2, who does this, and the Son of Man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Here, neighbor, in verse 1, God declares through the prophet, notice the divine imperative of being just and fair to all, of doing what is right and good, as he, God, was coming to rescue them and display his righteousness among them. These verses, neighbor, verses 1 and 2, they serve as a precursor to the mission that God had for his people Israel to reach the Gentiles for him. God was helping them to recognize that before he, God, can work to bring others into their fellowship, they have to be ready to receive them. And the only way that they can be ready is to clean up their act by being just and fair to all and do what is right and good. Then in verse 2, he points them to the need of returning to faithful Sabbath observance. Placed together these verses, God was saying, you've got to start treating each, each other right and treating me right. Your horizontal relationship and your vertical relationship have got to be healthy if I'm going to use you effectively to reach the Gentiles for the kingdom. You've got to be ready to receive them before I will bring them. You've got to be ready to receive them before I can bring them. Could it be, neighbor, that one of the reasons God has not brought more people into our fellowship is that we are not ready to receive them? God says, before I can bring them to you and bring them in your fellowship, God says, you've got a clean house first. My mom was a very peculiar person. Uh, she believes that uh, 
there she was good at, we, we say in the island, she was good at keeping house. Uh, she believed that there was a place for everything and everything had its place. And uh, I remember there was even a glass that we had for strangers who would, you know, pass by and ask for a drink of water. That was the glass that you would serve strangers in. We were never to drink from that glass. I, I don't know if our strangers had some powerful germs that could not be cured by soap, but she said that that glass was only for strangers. Uh, we had to keep the house a certain way. But, but I remember that when, whenever we had guests coming, that there was special care given to the house. That, 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 that the cleaning was, was more detailed. That, that, that certain crockery and, and china came out when we had guests coming. You've got to have the house right before the guest comes in. And I remember that one of the things that could, would, would upset her if I had friends over and the house was not, she would lose her mind. God says, before I can bring people to you, you've got to get your house in order. And I am wondering if, 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 if one of the reasons God has not brought others to us and, and brought others to the church is that we have not got our house in order and that we're too busy focusing on ourselves, too busy focusing on our priorities. Could it be that one of the reasons God has not brought some folks into the church is that we've got too many toxic relationships among us? Is that our relationship with God is tangential and superficial at best, and God says, I can't bring people into this mess. God says, get it together. Do right by each other. Treat others fairly. And, and make sure my relationship with you is tight. And then others will come. You see, if they come and find that we are bickering and at each other, they will think, I don't want anything to do with that. And so in the first block, God establishes that he wants to bring others, but before they can come, that, that his people got to get their act together. And then we turn, we turn to the second block, verses 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4, God says, do not let the son of the foreigner, the son of the whom? Of the whom? That's an important word. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, here I am a what? A dry tree. Verse 4, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, and he will give the promise in the next block. But here in this verses, neighbor, I want you to notice that foreigners are introduced. Those folks, according to Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 verse 12, who are strangers from the commonwealth of Israel. God says, watch this, that those strangers who had committed themselves to him must not feel inferior to those who have been born Jews. 
they were to clearly understand and know that they share equally in the responsibilities and privileges that were involved in the covenant relationship that they should never feel or made to feel that they were not a part of the family of God because they were not born Jews. Hashtag God is no respecter of persons. I was saying to Pastor Jen and Armando in the office that years ago, I pastored a church that was inflicted with founder's syndrome. It's a syndrome that says, those of us who start the church, who are there at the beginning, we've got more privileges and rights than the Johnny-come-latelys. You know a church like that? Don't, don't, don't seek membership in a church like that. They believe that by virtue of being there and starting a church, that they had more rights. And, and before you can get in the ministry, you've got to first pay your dues. Listen, neighbor. I've been in this church for 40 plus years. And if you just came to this church today, I got no more privileges with Jesus than you do. Amen. 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 That is not how long you've been with the Lord is if you are connected to Jesus. Amen. He says, listen, it doesn't matter if you were born or you just came to me that you have all the rights and all the privileges of the covenant relationship. I believe as a church of God, we should be excited whenever new people show up. You see, in some churches, they're threatened by new people. They believe, oh, where are all these new people going? They're going to make me become irrelevant. They weren't here when we were, when we were starting this thing, and, and now and they want to be on the same, the same plane with me. Listen, neighbor, it is level at the foot of the cross. And now don't miss the message for them in the next block, and especially for the eunuchs who say, I am I'm a dry tree. In the next block, the eunuch who say, I'm a dry true, I, tree, I have nothing to offer. God responds, notice, in verses 5 and 6. Even to them, I will give in my house and within my walls, a place and a what? Name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And verse 6, also the sons of the foreigner who joined themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and whole and holds fast my covenant. God says that if you are committed to me, even if you are a eunuch, I can use it. Now, now let me help you to appreciate. Eunuchs were despised in the biblical context because they could not produce anything. It's the reason you'll find in, 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 in a lot of times in the Bible nar narrative that the eunuchs, would, they would watch the women because they couldn't do anything. 
They could not procreate. They could not produce. The eunuchs were seen then as really useless. And so the eunuch is saying, listen, I got nothing to offer. I am dried up. God says, I can still use you. Years ago, when I was 18 years old, I was doing some meetings. And, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you didn't stay in a hotel. You had to stay one of the saints. And uh, I was staying with this lady. She was a wealthy person in the, in the district. And she lived on 10 acres of, of land. And there were two houses. Uh, she lived in one. And, and her strange husband lived in the other. And... Uh, at the time, her estranged husband was 99 years old, and uh, he had a great-grandson who was 19, and, and they started coming to the meetings, and, and, I, and I made an appeal, and they, they responded to the appeal. And, and when I went, went, went home, I said to her, hey, 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 man, your old flame has decided to give his heart to Jesus. She looked at me. She said, no, Pastor Rose. Some people, they live and give all their lives to the devil, and now in the end, they want to give their carcass to Jesus. I said, listen, hon, as long as there is life in that carcass, Jesus will take it. And I had the honor and privilege of, of, of seeing him, Brother Fitz, being baptized with his great grandson, 99 years old, and 19 years old. And Jesus used him. He died at 101, and Jesus used him as much as he used that 19 year old, years old, because it doesn't matter when you come to Jesus, God will use what you got left. He says, even the eunuchs, when they come, God says, I'll replenish. And then our anchor verses, verses 7 and 8, he says, even them, these foreigners, even them, these, these eunuchs, even them, those who are not a part of the commonwealth of Israel, God says, even them I'll bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I'll gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. Notice God says, I will bring them to my holy mountain. It is God who brings them. Because neighbor, it is God who saves. Amen? You think that, that you chose Jesus. No, it's Jesus who chose you. It is God who drew you to himself. You know, you know, Paul, the ladies have a way of modeling this. I, 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 I remember the years ago when, when I first saw Christine and got my lyrics together to lay on her. <laughs> lay on her. She was with a friend and, you know, thank God for church. I had one eye on the preacher and one eye on her. <laughs> Made my mind up that she would not leave 
the service that evening without getting to know one of the greatest guys in the world. <laughs> and so I went over and, you know, a friend was there and I said, hey, hi guys, hi guys. I'd like to talk with this lady here. And, and I was just amazed at how blasé she was, Alex. I mean, I was looking good. I was dressing good. My ego was all the way up here. <laughs> she was, okay, big deal. Big deal. Not impressed, quite frankly. Never heard of me? You know, I'm the guy. You never heard of me? No, no, never heard of you. <laughs> but, you know, uh, years after, years after, I came to realize that I didn't choose her. She chose me. That from the second sentence, she decided in her mind whether or not she would give me Omar any lead. And I've come to appreciate that's one of the things with ladies, Omar. You think you, they, 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 they have read you the minute you stepped in, and they made their mind up whether you got a chance or not. But they make you, you know it, Pastor Jen, they make you feel as if. Listen, neighbor, you and I did not choose God. It is God who chose us. God says, I will bring them to my holy mountain. It is God who saves. Jesus says, if I be lifted up from this earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. Hashtag God gathers all. Notice he says, he will bring them to my holy mountain. He says, I'll make them joyful in my house of prayer. God says, I'll accept their sacrifices on my altar so that my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. I don't want you to miss, neighbor, the profuse use of the personal possessive pronoun, my. My, my. I remember when I was a teen and, you know, going through that rocky phase and there were occasions when my father would tell me this is my house. You're under my roof. I remember when I, you know, I started college now and I thought, well, you know, I'm in college now. There's no need for, you know, for, for, for a, a curfew, right? I can stay out now. And, and he said, no, 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 this is my house. You're under my roof. And I remember in 2015 when he came up to, to spend a, a few months with us and, and I got him inside and settled him in. I turned to him. I couldn't resist. I said, dad, you're not under my roof. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> and, and he did just as you were doing. He, he just laughed. It's amazing to me that there's some folks, uh, not here in Plantation, but in the, in, the, in the church down the road, who act and behave like the church is theirs. They act and behave that, that, that this is their church. And, and you can't, you, you, you won't be permitted to do anything unless they say so. Listen, this church belongs to God. 
not to the pastor, not to the elders, not to the leaders, not to those who, who started it, but this church belongs to God. God says, I'll not only bring them, but he says, I'll make them joyful. Joyful in my house of prayer. Hashtag joy in the house. Listen, neighbor, when you and I come together for worship, our worship must be joyful. Our singing must be exuberant. There, there must be something in the worship that lifts our spirits up. And it's for that reason I am not critical in others of how folks express themselves in the worship service. I don't know what God did for you this week. I don't know what he saved you from this week. I don't know how he came through for you this week. And so who am I to try to hush you when you want to lift up your voice and, and praise God in the house? God says that there must be joy in my house. Joy in my house. Joy in my house. I remember when I was growing up, Norma, we, I'd go by, as kids, we'd go by different aunts. And there's one aunt, and whenever we went by our house as kids, we had to sit in a certain spot. And, 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 and she had the uh, certain furniture covered with, pla- you, you had the same aunt? <laughs> Yeah, the same aunt. And, 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 and anything you wanted, you had to ask for. You, you couldn't just open her, her, you know, her, her fridge up and no, 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 no. You had to sit there and, you know. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, oh, Alex, there was a, the, the, another aunt. When as kids, you go by the house, you could sit anywhere. And, and if you wanted anything, she said, oh, then you can go in the fridge and help yourself. Now, now, you don't have to guess which aunt we preferred as kids. God says that when he brings them to his house, that there must be what? Joy in his house. And he says, watch this, I will accept their sacrifices on my altar. It is not the pastor. It is not the elder who determines what worship is acceptable. It is God who determines. God says, I will accept their sacrifices on my altar because my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Hashtag God accepts all. Hashtag all can pray to him because... He ends with the promise not only to gather the outcast of Israel, but also besides those, those who are foreigners, he will gather them to himself. You need to understand that there are those who were part of the commonwealth of Israel because of their, their because of certain illnesses or disease or because of uh, particular sins, they were outcasts. Never accepted. But God says, I will bring them in. I thank God that he will bring back the outcast. You see, there's some of us 
there's certain sins if people commit, we write them off for life. How could we have him up there, Pastor? After what he's done? How could we have her there singing, Pastor? You know what she did. Yeah, but I also know that she knows and he believes that if he confesses his sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive his sin and to cleanse her from all unrighteousness. You may be remembering what they did, but God is remembering that they confess. The outcast brought back to him. And I close with this, because 2,000 years later, plus year later, we have a narrative that's recorded by the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I prefer, I prefer Mark's account, Mark 11, 15 to 17, some of you are aware of this narrative of Jesus entering Jerusalem the final week, heading towards Calvary. And if he had permitted them, they would have made him king that Sunday, the beginning of the week. And then Jesus went into what we often term as the cleansing of the, the temple in verse 15 through the 16 where he goes in and, and he drives out the money changers and he overturns the temple and, 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 and he let loose some of the doves and, and, and it seems so uncharacteristic of our Lord. And then in verse 17, our Lord quotes this text from Isaiah. But then adds, he says, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But he, but he adds, but you made it a den of thieves. Den of thieves. Of course, the original context speaks to the fact that they were taking advantage of the worshipers who had come, who were traveling from far distances, who could not have taken their sacrifices with them, and, and there were certain standards these sacrifices had to meet, and they would sell these, these folks. They would, they would cover up the blemish and sell, sell these defective animals to the unsuspected worshiper. And when the worshiper took it into the priest, and the priest examined further, examined the, the, the animal, would discover that the animal didn't qualify. And then, when he would return to try to find Jimbo, who sold him the defective animal, Jimbo was gone. They could not use the Roman coinage in the temple, and so they had to use the temple coinage, and so there had to be an exchange of currency, and they would take advantage of the folks. They would rob them. The principle is this. They were doing church for their own benefit. They were doing church for their own benefit. And sometimes me thinks that too many times we just do church for us. We do church for our benefit. 
We do church and do things that, that we like, that we're accustomed to, and we're not willing to do things differently so that we can reach others for Jesus. That same Founders Church I mentioned earlier, I remember, I remember they, were, they lost their minds when I suggested that we rearrange the order of service. Kirk, they just lost it. Lost it. What is this heresy? Is this pastor Adventist trained? Doesn't he know this is the flow of the sun? We don't change. We've been doing this for years. Doesn't matter that it's not working anymore. This is how we do it. Because too many times we do church for us. And God is saying, in order for me to reach others, you've got to stop doing church for you and do church for me, God says. Because this is my house. I thank God that he is an inclusive God. How about you? How about you? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet to affirm that, that God is an inclusive God. God is an inclusive God. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter what you've done. God is an inclusive God. Inclusive God. Close with this. A few years ago, as we were house hunting in Florida, we discovered this interesting feature of the real estate of real estate in Florida. You know it, some of you, the country club. The country club. And so, you know, you, you'd see these nice houses. Nicely priced, Kirk, within your price range. And you think, wow, we, we can live here. But then they say, there is a membership fee. A yearly membership fee. And when we were hunting, the cheapest we found was $70,000 a year. Now, now, pastorals may look rich, but I'm not rich. And then to boot, to boot Claude, they, 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 they told us, well, 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 and there's, there, there, there's a, there, there's a, there's a interview, or there, there, there's a process, a vetting process. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know. Not only do I have to qualify financially, but somebody gotta vet me. Huh? I thank God that the Church of God ain't no country club. membership fee has been paid by the blood of Jesus because Jesus paid it all Jesus paid it all Father God we thank you today that you are an inclusive God 
all nations doesn't matter where we're from doesn't matter her mother tongue all nations doesn't matter her culture ethnicity all nations because you're an inclusive God the outcast doesn't matter how much we have messed up that you are an inclusive God we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name Amen Amen. Remain standing with us as we sing our closing. No longer slaves to fear. God is a good God. He wants his whole family to release those chains that have been binding us. Amen. Those chains are gone. We are children of God, children of the Most High, all under one umbrella. Amen. all sing. You unravel me. You unravel me with a melody. With a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. Of deliverance. From my enemies. Till all my sins. Till all my fears are gone. Say, I'm no longer.
Oh, we thank God for that reality. We thank God for that reality. As we close, I want to pray for somebody here today. Not yet known the joy of a surrendered life. I want to remember you. Just raise your hand. Don't know where you are. God bless you. Doesn't matter what you've done. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We're willing to study with you and to share with you. And those are online. You can go ahead and contact us with next steps. I want to encourage you at the end of this service to get involved in a connection in a group, life group. We'll have some on, on, on campus. Some will be off-site. Get involved as we, we seek to connect. Father, we thank you for this, this reality. We pray for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that person who's not yet known the joy of a surrendered life. You speak to that heart even now. As we transition into our varied life groups and connection groups, we pray that we'll experience genuine connection that will help to grow us and equip us reach others for you we pray in Jesus name Amen Amen This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven Day Adventist Church a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations and much more If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content please visit us at plantationsda.tv